0: Welcome back to the In The Dugout Podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel, finally back. It's been a while, but here we are. How are you doing, Joey? I'm uh, doing great, you know. Haven't watched much of the Sox. I know you haven't either. Um, <laughs> we're about to make a lot of things up here. Yeah, I mean, we were talking before we hopped on the mics here. Um, we have not really been keeping up keeping up with the Sox. <laughs> um they're just not fun to watch. I mean, we've been moving into college. That's part of it. But also, like, there's they're in last place. They're out of it at this point. They keep finding impossible ways to lose games just like earlier in the season like we've covered. It's just not one of those seasons where you want to watch them every night. And I know there's going to be those people that are like, Oh, fake fan, you're not watching. You have to be there on the ups and the downs. Or you're a fake fan. I don't care. I am not going to put myself through the torture of watching this Red Sox team on a nightly basis. Um, I mean, I, I follow kind of what's going on. Like, I'm not just totally cutting them out of my life. Like, I, I know what's up. I know that uh, we have some exciting things happening right now. Let's get into that. He is here. The monster, the myth, the legend, Tristan Casas, the number two prospect in the Red Sox organization right behind recent draft pick, Marcelo Mayer. But <laughs> this is the dude we've had our eyes on. For years, the dude we've talked about and waited for, and he has debuted, uh, and it is probably the most exciting part of this whole season is that Tristan Casas is finally in the majors. Absolutely, I mean this is probably <clears throat> the most anticipated Red Sox prospect to debut since Joan Mancada, so in 2016. So that's where that puts it. I mean, it's too. It's a bit too late. Obviously, if he hadn't gotten hurt earlier in the year, he would have been here a long time ago and probably would be an everyday contributor. But, you know, it's exciting. It it gives you a reason to watch this team. And when he made his debut yesterday, that was the first time I really took time out of my day to make sure I watched the entire Sox game. And I did. And I did the same today because I'm watching him. He's the one I want to see play. And Trevor Story, he's back. We'll touch on that later, Trevor. Yeah, figuring you're right it out. though. Like uh, especially, it brings something to the table that Red Sox fans want to watch. Um, and just like you, yeah, I started watching when Cas came up too. Um, I wanted to see his debut, and I want to see him hitting because he is our future. And that's kind of going to be the theme of this episode, talking about the future of this team, what next year is going to look like, and all that. Um, but but yeah, I mean, Tristan Cassus is like that kind of prospect that you wait for and watch. Like you'll have some prospects come up and you'll be like, oh, I've heard about this guy. What has he got? But this is the guy where you're like, oh my God, he's here. Um, and I think one kind, one, one thing that kind of spoke to who he is as a, a person and a player is he gets called up the other day and his first time out there on the field, he's just doing what he does in Worcester. He's out there stretching, tanning in the sun, um, calm as can be. He gets in the game and and he gets his first big league hit in his first big league game, um, which is always cool. I just can't wait till he hits his first moon bomb out there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I can't get over how huge this dude is too. Oh yeah, like, I've I've seen him play in Portland and I've seen him play in Worcester and I've seen videos and pictures and always known that he's a, a huge guy. But even like when he gets out there in that Red Sox uniform compared to some of the big players that we have on our team now, like he is a monster six four two fifty. Yeah. And he's got, he's, he's athletic. I mean, his defense already, we saw it in his major league debut. He's making great defensive plays out there and he was voted uh, best defensive first baseman in the international league. So like, you know, after all after this like horrendous year with the laughable defense at first base, we finally have someone who's going to be there every single day for years and years to come. Like yesterday, your starting infield was Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts, Trevor Story, and Tristan Casas. And everyone on Twitter was talking about how this is going to be the infield for the next five years, how this should be the next, how this should be the infield for the next five years. And, Obviously, I mean, you're crazy if you don't agree because this infield is legit, maybe the best in baseball. And it's exciting. You know, it makes you look forward to next year if you can hang on to Bogarts. Like, you have a ridiculous core. Exactly. Like, I was watching the game uh, yesterday, too, and I texted our group chat. This is a dream infield that we have right now. Casa Story, Bogey, Devers. Like, that's what you want for the next however many years. Um, Goes back to, yeah, please sign Rafi, please sign Xander. Like, that's kind of the key there. But on that right side of the infield, like Casas, like you mentioned, his defense is incredible, which I think is something that not everyone really knew about. Like, everyone knew him for that big power bat from the left-handed side. And and that defense is a huge part of his game, too. Um, And it's something that the Red Sox really need. It's been a problem this year, like you said. And so that's another reason why he is a big part of our future. Um, And then I do want to touch on Trevor's story because since he's come back from being injured, he has been incredible and kind of reminded Red Sox fans who he is and what he brings to the table. Core has called him before the best defensive second baseman in the league. Um, And he's already shown that again, since being back from the injured list, his defense is incredible over there at second base. And his speed is a huge part of his game as well. That, it really brings a lot to the table for the Red Sox who are not always the the fastest team in the majors. He's a dude out there stealing bases. I don't think he's been thrown out this year. I could be wrong, but No, he's I think 12 for 12. That. There you go. Um and he's been hitting too, so he kind of fixed a little bit of his uh front foot there. So that helps him um so on that right side of the infield, you have two incredible defenders who are also great offensively. And then the left side of the infield speaks for itself. You know who Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts are. Uh, One thing about Bogarts is he has been on fire lately. Uh, He has an 11-game hitting streak where he's batting 500 in that stretch. Um, That's pretty incredible. And someone commented, I saw this from Red Sox Stats, someone commented on that post with those stats saying he and his girlfriend unfollowed each other on Instagram. Could be something to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) So Xander Bogarts is out for blood. He is going to just keep hitting and hitting and hitting for the rest of the season while he's got that on his shoulders. Um, It is going to be crucial now, this offseason, that we get Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers locked up. That's been the theme this whole entire year on this podcast, this whole entire year on Twitter, in Instagram comments, everywhere. Anything happens, like the Red Sox post a highlight, the only thing in the comments is pay or pay Rafi. That's all we want. That's all we need. And that is the key to this franchise moving forward. You have young guys coming up and being the players that you've been waiting for them to be. Um, another one I want to talk about is Brian Bayo, who has been outstanding lately and is, again, one of our top prospects. You talked about that that poll that ranks... Um, Cassius is the best defensive first baseman. In that same poll, Bayo was voted the best Triple A pitching prospect with the best changeup. So yep. that's another huge part of our future right there. And he has been really good of late. Um, I want to bring up his stats, but outside of the stats, he's looked a lot more confident out there. He's been uh, missing bats and pitching great. So and another thing is, while you look up, look that yeah. up. Connor Wong has come up as well. Mm-hmm. After tearing it up in the minors, he had what seven home runs in like fifteen games, and then it was insane. Comes up, boom, hits his first career home run. He's finally starting to look like the prospect that we traded for in the Mookie Betts deal. So, like, um, I believe it was Tony Maz actually said last uh, yesterday during the broadcast. He's like, you know, there's a spot for Connor Wong on next year's team, but Connor Wong needs to earn it because there's Reese McGuire and Connor Wong. Is that going to be? are those going to be your catchers or, or are you going to go out and try get Vasquez back? And that's what Connor Wong is doing right now. He needs to play himself into that position. The defense has always been there. He's always been really liked by the pitching staff. It's just been that the bat has never been up to par. And obviously in A he'd been killing it. He's playing a couple more positions. He's athletic and he it's finally starting to translate to the big leagues. Like, we're starting to see the foundation kind of be laid here with this team. And uh, you complete it by, once again, signing Devers, signing Bogarts. Yeah, so real quick, uh, Bayo's last start, he went six innings, no runs, allowed three hits, and struck out uh, five. So there's that. But you're absolutely right, Joey. Like When you get to this part of the season as a last-place team, kind of what every team does is they bring up their prospects and see what they have for the future. And that's exactly what's happening right now in Boston and what we're talking about right now. Like, I'm glad you brought up Connor Wong because that's a huge part of it. That excites me is we traded away Vasquez and we're sitting here wondering, all right, what is the future of our catching position? Who is this guy that we got for Mookie Betts? And we're starting to see who Connor Wong really is and his, his tear in A before he got called up was insane. Like he was just hitting homers after homers. And this is not really a power guy, but he was launching the ball. And another thing about his game too, is he draws walks. He had three walks in the game yesterday, which is awesome to see. Um, I don't know how much of our future he is, but Reese McGuire also has been a lot better than I expected when we traded for him. Um, I really thought he was going to be an irrelevant player, but he has been also drawing walks and also hitting. He's batting 326 in his last 15 games. So there's that. Um, And then in the outfield, obviously, you have Kike Hernandez back from the injured list. He's been on fire. Then too and tommy fam we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about tommy fam this dude comes over in a random trade when we're confused what we're doing at the trade deadline and he has been um i want to say one of the best haters of all time in a red sox uniform i'm a fan of fam he (laughs) i mean he's a fiery guy i mean he plays perfectly to to the boston fan base like he's someone who cares about winning he came in The clubhouse, the first stand was like, we're going to win the World Series. Let's do this, boys. (laughs) Which, you know, like it plays perfectly with the fans and they appreciate what he does. I mean, is he a perfect player? No, but does he have a role on this team for the next year or two? Probably. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's an interesting piece of the puzzle here. And then another key name out there in the outfield, Alex Verdugo. This dude has been red hot second half of the season in his last 30 games he's betting 350 uh with a trio of homers and some rbis another big part of our future he's a he's the guy that we got in the mookie Betts deal that big name uh who was supposed to kind of carry that deal's return and he's been good but he hasn't really been anything too special to this point and now he's kind of starting to break out a little bit more and show that yeah i can be a really good quality uh, major league player who hits for average that's kind of who we thought he's going to be and he hasn't really been that to this point. Now that we're seeing that, that's a very encouraging sign for the future as well. So again, it all kind of goes into the theme of this year's this year's shot. Like it's not nothing's going to happen this year, it's over. What are we going to look like next year? And all of these kind of pieces are really encouraging. Um well, the core is really encouraging. These are the t- people that we're talking about uh, a big part of that core, again, is Bogarts Endeavors Devers re-signing them. But it's interesting to kind of guess and speculate what their vision is for this team. I know our last episode around the trade deadline, that's a big thing that we were talking about and yelling about. Um, I think the vision is starting to make a little bit more sense now that these young guys are coming up. Another young guy, John Schreiber. Um, I guess he's not that young, but he he is a a newcomer to the team. He has been outstanding as well. So I guess like with this core of young guys that we have, we can go out in free agency and get some more veteran players. Very similar to what we did with story, um, maybe a little less money, but I think we could honestly build a quality team for next year. Even like, I don't think we're that far out. Absolutely. I mean, the way I look at it is that, um, around the infield, you're set with, there's a bit of an asterisk with that with Bogarts. If you re-sign Bogarts, that infield is set. You know who your catchers are going to be next year. It's going to be McGuire and Wong, whatever. It's solid. It's elite defense for, for the position. Then you go to the outfield. I have a feeling Kike is going to be back. He's a free agent. I could see them re-signing him. So there's your center fielder. Now you fill in the gaps in left and right or or uh, right field, actually. You move for to the left. So now you're looking at really right field is your only real positional hole, which is great as, as long as you can resign Bogarts. Like, I'm not worried about this lineup next year because they're going to hit. JD's not going to be back. That DH situation is going to be figured out. Like, um, it's really not a worry of mine. And I think it's nice that the past couple days, JD hasn't been in the lineup, and yet they've still been, Producing at a high level offensively, because realistically, that's what it's going to look like next year. Like Tommy Pham could be your DH. But then on the other side of the ball, the pitching just really needs a complete overhaul. Uh, that bullpen is atrocious. And if if they plan on moving Whitlock back to the rotation, that bullpen, is, there is nothing there. You you would have to go out in free agency and sign eight guys to fill that bullpen. So the rotation doesn't worry me as much because I believe Vivaldi will be back. Pavetta will be back, obviously. Bayo's gonna be in that rotation full time. Um Sale, <laughs> Yeah, so then you have that last spot, which you know I think it should go to Waka. You should make it. you should make a very high effort to re-sign him this year. But other than that, like what you need to worry about this offseason is obviously locking up Bogart's endeavors, but almost as important of that is, is your pitching that bullpen. It, it's really one among the worst in baseball because besides Garrett Whitlock and besides Matt Barnes and John Schreiber, who's going to get outs for you. We see it every night. Like we haven't recorded a podcast since we cleaned house in the bullpen last week. Davis is gone. Um, Moore is gone. Salamora is gone. And, but Brazier's still here. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's something that I definitely want to get into uh in a second. Yeah. I'll save that for a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of all the same thing. The bullpen is a problem. You gotta address the bullpen, you gotta get some big out getters in that pen. Um, the rotation needs work. Michael Walker though has been outstanding. When we signed him, I had no idea that he was capable of ten and one with a two fifty eight ERA and a one oh three whip. Like that, those are ace numbers right there. So he has been a really underrated part of this team. If he can keep that up, yeah, I'd love to have him back next year. Um, But yeah, that, that bullpen, I really, really, really can't wait until the time the Red Sox finally get a real closer, finally address the bullpen because it's been a problem for so long. And to be honest, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but if we had a strong bullpen, we might still be in the playoff race right now. Oh, we yeah, have just been so many blown saves and so many just awful, awful bullpen outings that it really has taken a toll on this team. Yeah. And in the, that awful bullpen is what led to all of the demoralizing defeats and, just the bad, bad vibes that continued for weeks and weeks on end. like Yeah, exactly. When you're a player who, an offensive player, who you have like a, a great game, you hit a homer, you have another double or something, and then you're up by like five runs, and then your bullpen just has a total meltdown, takes the game out of your hands and blows it. Like, How do you show up the next day with any kind of energy or morale? Like That is really a morale crusher when the other dudes on the back end of your team aren't able to do their jobs and aren't able to kind of put any value to your performance like at that point you're just playing for yourself because what you do almost isn't even impacting the game you could have a lead by seven and this bullpen is still capable of losing yeah and like what what the Sox did this year was sit on their hands with the bullpen Mm -hmm. and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again (laughs) expecting different results that's right like we still bring ryan brazier into games to this day if you told me two weeks ago that the Sox would clean house in the bullpen and still have Ryan Brazier, I wouldn't believe you. It doesn't make any sense. If you told me Uh, in 2019 that Ryan (laughs) Brazier would still be on the 2022 Red Sox, I would think you're crazy. This dude has no place still being on this team. He has shown nothing positive, only negative. And not only has it been negative, it has been abysmal. It has been like... He shouldn't even be in the major leagues let alone on this team and i don't understand he's got to be in like the mafia or have some kind of dirt on cora or have Heim's kids or family locked in a basement i don't understand what ryan brazier has on this organization that allows him to still be pitching in professional baseball games at the highest level and in important high leverage spots. It's not like he's coming in to mop it up when we're down by 13. He's coming in when it's a one run, two run game for no reason. He's awful in every way, everything about him, his personality, whole entire like energy, his crooked neck, his whole entire like existence as a baseball player is so awful. I in case you couldn't tell, really don't like him. <laughs> He's kind of jumped all the other players that we've talked about on my like dislike list. It is unreal. He like, just does nothing for us at this point. Last week he came in a nine to five or what was it? A nine to four game. <laughs> they were up by five runs. He gives up four runs and doesn't record an out and then gets pulled and the socks win at nine-eight. Like it's First off, I'm surprised that they won that game because that's a game that they lose. Like, Brian Brian Brazier comes in the game, four <laughs> runs, no outs. It doesn't make any didn't sense. Didn't he give up a grand slam? Uh, no, It. I don't think it was. I think he did. It was. Uh, might have been an RBI single and a base. That's even worse. Penalty. If it wasn't just a one pitch on a grand slam, if he actually had to make multiple pitches and they got multiple hits to score that many runs. It doesn't matter. He didn't record an out. <laughs> like...
1: And it he's just 35 makes no years sense. old. He's 35, 35 years old.
0: He's been awful all season. Not even just this season. He hasn't really had anything positive since 2018. That one time. <laughs> and on so now. he's been awful all season. Guess how he's been the last seven games? An 1856 ERA in seven games. Five and a third innings. 11 runs. 13 hits. A 281 right-handed whip. right Darwinson Hernandez. It makes no sense. And what makes even less sense is you talked about the bullpen cleanup. We got rid of Austin Davis. We got rid of Hirokazu Sawamura over Ryan Brazier. I I still don't understand that. Like yeah, Sawamura can have meltdowns, but he there's more upside to him than there is to Ryan Brazier. Yeah. There's a reason the Dodgers claimed him. He's he's about to become the next Koji over there. <laughs> yeah, I they just gave up on him so quickly. Meanwhile, Ryan Brazier's just sitting here like it's it's like when like a, a professor or like a teacher's like tenured and they just can't fire them and they're just stuck there and they just stop doing their job entirely and they just like play videos all class and like don't show up half the time and don't like that's what Ryan Brazier at this point, like you, you just can't get rid of him for some reason. Like I don't understand. It's like a cockroach, you just can't kill it. Yeah. And why watch him be back next year? Cause I think I, I'm somehow, sure he will be somehow some way he's 35 years old and still in arbitration (laughs) it's just because you can't get rid of him yeah it's like an eternal like i don't know it's like a curse that was put on the red sox for something i don't know what but he's just our curse he's just stuck here like somehow like he's i don't know like at least matt barnes was an all-star and good for like a tiny bit of time He's yeah, Awful man. too, but like, ugh. he's been better. He's, uh whatever. He can be an all star again, and I still won't like him. I don't care. Fair don't enough, that guy. <sighs> all right. It was good I, to rant about Ryan Brazier. I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that dude. I need to get blocked by him too. Do you remember? Do you remember when he like had some awful performance and one of my followers like messaged him or whatever? And then Ryan Brazier like responded and started he got sent down. That's what yep. happened. And Ryan Brazier was like, I'll be back. Ha ha. ha. Like he knows. he knows. He knows that he can't be yeah. cut. He knows that the Red Sox, for whatever reason, can't get rid of him. And he's cocky about it. Man, I hate him. <laughs> I'd love to know what, what he's got on the socks. that. I hope that comes out in like a 30 for 30 one year, like Ryan Brazier's secret. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the uh geez, that would be a great thirty for thirty. You get like I don't even know. He's just there like yeah, so the, the cricket neck. Go. Yeah, imagine like know, the cover that. for that thirty for thirty, he's just like sideways head, like <laughs> staring into your soul, demon. Anyways. <laughs> How many games we got left in this season anyways? What, like 25? Yeah, like a month or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. 26? 28? 28. 28. So, in theory, we win every single game left. I think we got a good shot at the World Series. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, prior to today's loss in Tampa, which kind of – sucked i hate first off i hate playing in the trop the trop is a cursed venue Mm -hmm. we're six in the last 27 games at the trop which i believe goes back to like mid 2019 or something we're six and 21 Mm -hmm. and remember that the last series there was the four game sweep where like the wheels fell off the bus and then the bus exploded like (laughs) oh my god I hate I hate that place. I hope it gets struck by lightning and the catwalks fall down, and the rays escape the tank and take over the place. I hate. I I never want to play there again. I'm never gonna watch another game there. I'll listen to it on the radio. Like I I can't yeah. I can't stand the sight of that stupid it's such stupid place. It's such an absurd baseball park because you can't even play like a normal game of baseball in it. Like that's no. the wildest part. It's like I was watching one game, I forget which one, and there were like three homers that didn't actually go out because they just hit the catwalk and were called homer. Like, if you can't even functionally play the game in it, then why are you why is that a major league baseball stadium? It looks ugly too. There's just nothing good happening in that garbage can. Sucks that we're they're in our division too, so we have to just keep going there all the time. Yeah, I really don't like the Rays. I just hate the brand of baseball that they play. The nerdy yeah. analytics with like they get they they also have incredible luck. Yeah. I will I add mean, that. All the scrub names that they have on their team and they're they so good. Yeah, like who pitched today? Back to back pitchers was like uh um what's his name? Hold on. So first off, Jalen Beaks, then Calvin. Hey, calvin fauché followed by colin poche <laughs> and crazy eyes peter fairbanks that's all made up like they i don't know what they gotta although i gotta hope be some kind of like drug that they're putting in the water down there in the trop and feeding these dudes like we gave them jeffrey springs who was horrendous for us and now he's like insanely good for some reason i I don't know what they're doing over there in Tampa, and I don't know why Hein Bloom didn't bring that over here and start doing it for our players. Yeah. And then, I mean, I ho- I, do, I do hope the Rays sweep us. First off, so that the Yankees won't benefit. We should also talk about that. We talked about it when the Yankees were like, "Oh, greatest team ever, 116 wins." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think you said it. You're like, they're going to go through a stretch where they absolutely suck. And they have, and they continue yeah. to, and they really, really, really suck. If it wasn't for Aaron judge, they'd be in last place. Yeah, I was just looking at that video um, clip from that podcast where I was like, hot take the Yankees are going to lose a ton of games and be bad second half season. And it's kind of happened. I said that they were going to drop down to third place, which hasn't happened yet, but honestly it could It's possible. Um, the blue Jays and the rays are both only six games away from that so that could definitely happen i hope it does because then i'll look really good it would, but yeah the yankees have been awful in every way We're in the midst of like the greatest division collapse ever it was a 15 and a half game lead like a month ago yeah you love to see that love you're right if it, it wasn't for aaron judge they probably would be in like third fourth place um because aaron judge give him credit is Ridiculous. kind of insane right now yeah he's yeah like no, these are the kind of numbers that I used to put up on like my MLB the Show character when I was playing on rookie mode. Like 302 average with 54 homers and 117 RBIs with 20 something games left to play. Like jeez. Yeah. Like, um, I can't wait until break, he signs with another actually, team that's not the Yankees. The Mets or the Giants. It'd be great to see. And all the Yankees fans are going to cry in their basements which is exactly what you want them to do. Frankie Montas, who they acquired at the trade deadline, he sucks. sucks. He's awful. <laughs> Andrew the Benintendi, I think, it. just got hurt, too. So, like, everything that they do just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Marvin Gonzalez is on the team. That's cool. Yeah, he hit a home run today. He he sucks, though. What? They have Ryan Weber? What? Ryan Weber is on the Yankees, number 92. Well, on the Major League team. On the Major League team, on the active roster. Ryan Get Weber. Get out. Get out. No way. I thought he went back to working at like Walmart. Marshalls. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way. I refuse to believe this. Well, that makes me happy. I love that. That's, makes that's me amazing. So happy. Oh, my God. This does bring a smile to my face. <laughs> oh my god he's a 117 era in three wow. games in three games oh uh the the red Sox broke clay holmes i feel yeah, like that's did. not talked about enough they sure did socks now that's insane. yeah i know i think we're just kind of in shock from the, the fact that ryan weber still exists wild um Ryan Brazier's most recent appearance was against the Red Sox. Brazier or Weber? Weber. Against the Sox? He pitched three innings on July 16th. What game was that? Oh, no wonder why he has a low ERA. He faced us. (laughs) You say July 16th? It was the 14-1 game. What? Huh. I didn't watch that game. (laughs) i mean i don't think anyone watched the part where ryan weber pitched in a 13 run ball game everyone just missed that yeah yeah wow uh what was i gonna say with that oh this is this is kind of random but uh who you got for the world series um who do i have for the world series i mean Mm -hmm. it's hard not to say the dodgers that's like what i think but also the dodgers are really good at Blowing it in the playoffs. There are a lot of really do best this year. I think the National League is wide open. I really do. Because the American League sucks. Like the leader of the division in the Central is Cleveland, and they're 68 and 64. Yeah. For reference, the Dodgers are 92 and 41. Yeah. So So what? what, They'd be like 21 games. It's a 24 game difference. Jeez. The only thing I'll say about the American League playoffs is that um well everyone's playing second fiddle to the Astros. They're going to win the pennant. I don't think mm-hmm. there's any doubt about it. Yep. And I also hope the Orioles make the playoffs. That'd be nice. That'd be fun. That would be cool. I want Yeah, yeah but uh the, the the Astros lock it in. They're going to make the World Series. They might win it. I I was saying a few weeks ago I think the I thought the Astros were going to beat the Dodgers in the World Series again. Oh. Uh, I would, th- that wouldn't be a very enjoyable World Series matchup. I'm not going to lie. But I also don't hate the Astros anymore. I don't really care. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't hard. really care about, um, I love the whole your ceiling stuff or whatever. I just don't like the Astros because the Astros are like up there with the Yankees, I see as kind of like the Red Sox past rivals. Mm-hmm. They've been there in the playoffs against us and we've beat them, they've beat us. And so they're still kind of one of those teams I just don't like. But, yeah, I mean, they do have some cool players like Kyle Tucker and Jordan and whoever. But my pick's the Mets. I love the Mets. I'm all in on the Mets. I'd love if the Mets won the World Series. Mm -hmm. Yankees fans would die. Exactly. Like, that's probably the second best thing, I think, is if the Red Sox can't win the World Series and the Mets do. And, again, you got Yankees fans crying in the basement, which is the the overarching goal here. So that'll do it. Yes, that's the team that'll do that. I am mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go in on the Mets, too. We're a Mets podcast now. I feel like the Mets and Red Sox, like, fans have always had a, a special connection. Oh, yeah. we have gotten well, along. When the Mets came to Fenway a couple of years ago, everyone was chanting, the whole, the whole place was chanting Yankees suck, and, like, half exactly. the place was filled with Mets fans. It was great. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I don't think we got to talk uh, about uh, the Red Sox DFAing Jackie Bradley Jr. <clears throat> oh, yeah. That was. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> He's on what the Blue Jays now think, right? Yeah. That's a good yeah. pickup for them. Another guy, like, they. they- <laughs> They DFA'd Jackie Bradley Jr. before they DFA'd Ryan Brazier. I know <laughs> what. And Jackie was like, Jackie was actually having like a, a a decent year. It was not that bad. Like he was the Jackie Bradley Jr. that we've just kind of always seen. Like that's just who he is. And the Red Sox saw that. Like, oh nope, 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 not gonna nope, know. none of this. Like that's the this dude the you man. got. That's the dude you acquired. That's who he is. He's yeah. been here longer than anyone else. You should have known that. Like, <laughs> oh, I miss oh. Hunter Renfro. Duran sent down. Yeah, that's probably good. He's, like, basically going to – Dude, Jaron Duran, this guy, like, I don't know what what even happened. Like, he just could not see fly balls. And no. Some of them, like, I am fully convinced that either of us could have caught it. Like, they weren't, like, crazy plays. Like, they are relatively routine. And he was just like, oh, nope. One of them was in his glove, and it just fell out. Like, I yeah. don't understand. And and again, like the whole um, chirping the fans and talking back to them and having to be held back as a professional baseball player out there in the outfield, having to have your teammate hold you back from, I don't know, jumping into the stands or yelling at fans. Like, that is a horrendous look. That was an embarrassing moment for the Red Sox right there. And for Jaren Duran. I mean, I feel bad for the dude because he's kind of had a rough season and should be better than he's been playing. But that that was just awful. And... I mean, past comments he's made where, what was that thing? He was like, "If you don't believe in us, like now, don't be cheering for us later." Yeah, like, he talked about that recently. He did an interview, uh, like with with the Wolf Sox recently, where he said like, um, he wished he phrased it better. He didn't mean it like that. Like, I didn't like Jaron Duran, but look, I don't know. It, it, I think he's a little misunderstood. Um I, I hope the he, Red Sox don't give up on him because I think he does have a lot of talent. Absolutely. Because he was he was a top 30 prospect in baseball just last year, really. And there was it, a time. I remember this time very fondly. It was like a year or two ago where we were convinced that Jaron Duran was going to be one of the best Red Sox players ever. Like we yeah. thought that he's so fast. He hits homers, he hits for average. Like this dude is going to be an MVP. So hopefully we don't stray too far from yeah, uh, but he is, he is 26. He's 26 now in AAA. Um, and you he's know gotten his run running the majors. I don't know if his future will be in Boston. I have a comparison. I am going to compare him to Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich, I feel like, was a similar player in Miami. He was super fast, hit for average, didn't have a whole ton of power, but could hit some bombs every once in a while. Then he goes over to the Brewers and just becomes an MVP-type player. I... I think I've compared him to uh, Yelich before, but I think that's a decent comparison for Jaron Duran and a reason to maybe not let him go. You know, we'll see. Yeah, I think it might also be a reason to let him go just because he probably does need a change of scenery at this point because he kind of strikes me as someone who's ne- he's never really going to be able to play in Boston, and handle that pressure. That's true. And um, I mean, another guy who needs a change of scenery is Bob. I was thinking that. Dude Bob. finally got sent down to AAA. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy because I know I know that he does care and like he 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 holds his emotions in. Which I you know for someone who's had as tough of a go as him, you know, I respect that a lot. I think that he also needs probably a change of scenery. I don't think, especially with Casas now, he doesn't really have a position. I mean, we had him at shortstop, that was cool. That was stupid. Whatever, best shortstop I- in baseball. That came at a time where I was not watching the Red Sox. I hadn't watched them in a while. And I get this notification on my phone that says Bobby Dahlbeck's like starting at shortstop. I'm like, what are we doing? What? So yeah, that was crazy. Um, I still don't really understand what that was all about and why that happened, but whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck, I am a big fan of his still. And like, yeah, he's had a rough year and that definitely takes a toll on a player, but I feel bad for him, but I think that AAA is the, the spot he needs to be right now. I think that he's a very talented player who just kind of lost himself up here with the Red Sox under all the pressure, and going down to the minors, as we talked about, would be great for him. So I think that it's good that that's where he is right now, Well, Kasich gets a shot, and um, I will see what kind of work he puts in the offseason, what kind of player he comes back as next year, and, and see what else he's got before we kind of make a decision on his future. Um, but yeah, I think that he still has potential too. Yeah. I mean, go back to last year. Uh that that trade package of Bobby Dalbeck and Jaron Duran, like they've always been grouped together as a as a trade package. Mm-hmm. You look at the stock in that last year compared to now, it's it's unfortunate. You know, probably should have traded them when you had the chance. But yeah, I think you know, you could try to hang on to these guys, but I also think that they really just don't have a future in Boston. I think they they need they need somewhere else to be. Yeah. Um uh, somewhere maybe lower stakes and um yeah, I I feel bad for the guys. I really do. Like it's not like they're not trying. They they just Bobby needs to play every day and he will not get that opportunity here. When he played every day last year, he was really good. That's what I have to say about it because he's been in and out of the lineup every day. He doesn't know when he's going to play. That's definitely hard. It's not It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, one last thing that I want to talk about, another thing that we didn't really get to touch on because we took a hiatus from the show, but um, Dennis Eckersley will be retiring at the end of the season and will not be in the broadcast booth moving forward, which is another... <laughs> huge blow to the entertainment value of this team because no one beats Dennis Eckersley. Like this dude has some of the just craziest sayings and craziest thoughts that he's not afraid to say. Like if yeah. we've talked about before, like if a dude is bad, he will trash on that player for innings. He called the <laughs> and- Pirates a, oh, what was it? Uh, a hodgepodge of nothingness. <laughs> Like not everybody can just say that. And that's just so <laughs> funny. It's just unreal. All the, the, the words that come out of that guy's mouth. Um, And so, yeah, he is going to be a huge uh, missing piece to that broadcast booth. And I, I don't know what really that booth is going to look like without him. Like we've seen Kevin Millar this year, who is obviously very funny and very great. I don't know how much he'll be doing next year, and so, I like Uke a lot. Uke yeah, is- Uke is really good. I do like Uke too, so I hope that he sticks around. Tony Maz I originally liked because I, I thought he was kind of – he gave an interesting take on some things, an interesting perspective as more of like a baseball reporter than like a former player. But I am just so sick of hearing Tony Maz's voice on my TV and hearing just him talk with Dave O'Brien. Like I can't think of a duo that I – want to listen to less than dave o'brien and tony maz those two like i it's mm, I, it's, like i don't even know how to put it into words how much i don't want to hear tony maz's voice every single night <laughs> i don't think you will <laughs> I, I i feel i i do feel like Yuke is the guy though for next year just because yeah. he's he's a well-respected red sox player fan favorite i mean and he's not a guy who has prior commitments. Like Tony's got the uh, the sports hub. Kevin Millar's got MLB Network. Yeah, what else is Yuke doing? He has his brewery yeah. or whatever. But like he, he's. You know just... who they should have? They should have Pap Jonathan Papelbon. They have you should. seen Twitter? I've seen all the stuff he's they been posting. He's, he's funny. He's like Eck on steroids. He's <laughs> explicit Eck. That's what he is. Honestly, he's, yeah. Um, I think something we've touched on this before but something nessa needs to consider is like you kind of have the perfect opportunity now to just let dave o'brien go do his oh national God. thing i, I beg them to do that like that's another reason honestly why i haven't even want to watch the red sox this season is like yeah the team's not that great but the broadcast like i don't want to listen to dave o'brien I'm not i've been listening them. to the radio broadcasts uh on this year like i i will listen to the radio broadcast with the tv muted because sick of it he has no energy like there was a play the other day i forget who it was uh, maybe it was even the walk-off i don't know it was Brian was was just bland it was kike hit a single to tie it first off that game was six scoring four in the bottom of the ninth to win yeah yeah which is why why you should be excited and he Mm -hmm. just wasn't kike singled and he's like yeah Hernandez knocks it into left field, and the game is tied. Yeah, it's awful. And then after the day after that, Mike Monaco filled in for him and was electric. Exactly. Monaco is just so much better. And the thing with Monaco is they're going to lose him too because he's doing Bulls games. He did the Little League World Series. This guy's a legit like national – this is a broadcaster who has – a lot of value and he's going to get that opportunity to broadcast for a team every day. And it should be. Yep. And, but like Nesson's not going to do it. They're old fashioned. They love Dave just because they know what they're going to get Boring old Dave. Like I like him. He's good. (laughs) He's a really good. He's a good national broadcaster. Carabas says this all the time. He is a fantastic neutral voice, Mm -hmm. which he is because he, but a home broadcast, you need to have someone invested in the team. Someone who gets excited when you get excited, because that's what Don did, that's what Jerry did, and Ekin or Monaco and you, they've hit it off immediately. I, like they were doing games in spring training, and they were just going on those tangents, laughing, having a good time, like Don and Jerry did back in the day. It, it like they have something here. They need to. They need to make their decision. Yeah absolutely just another contingent part of what next year could look like for Red Sox fans next year's gonna suck I'm I'm really good <laughs> I hope not lose uh-huh. Remy and in back-to-back years this and and Dave O'Brien and Ryan Brazier one one in the same they just won't go away yeah that's tough that's tough I miss yeah, when being a Red enough. Sox fan was fun I miss that a lot <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, um, if you want to get to a Red Sox game before the season wraps up or if you want to go to uh, Patriots, they're they're starting soon. So if you want to go to a football game, SeatGeek is the place for you because SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. And they make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. And guess what, folks? You can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code dugout. Uh, that would be D U G O U T. Um, Season's almost over. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you remembered how to spell it after all this time. I was wondering if you'd be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that'll do it for uh, this episode. It's been a while. Um, we'll be back before the end of the season for sure to kind of recap everything and, I can't wait to take a look at our, our preseason predictions and see how those fared over the season. Well, I'm excited about one of my predictions. The Waka one where you said Waka. he's going to be either awful or great? Yeah. I hit I, – I, I, yeah, I put myself in a good position on that one. I mean, yeah, those are the two possible outcomes. Well, not necessarily. He could have just been extremely average. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. All right, well, we'll see you when we see you. I'll take full credit for that one. See you next time on the good podcast.